College football fans, welcome back to the College Ball Show. He's Marshall, I'm Chris, and we're here to talk some good old-fashioned college football. So we got another week in the books. Um, you know, I mean, <laughs> you had some almost wins, that's for sure. Uh, Georgia just slipped by Auburn. Auburn looked, you know, really, really rough, obviously. Uh, on offense, but hey, they, they played good enough to to maintain. They, they, you know, they were they were in that thing. They were definitely in that thing. Um, Notre Dame sneaks one out. Uh, Oregon State still no Cam Rising, so they took care of Utah, no problem. Old Miss outguns LSU. Washington, you know, pretty mediocre for the first time all year against Zona. Um. Man, USC almost gave it up. I mean, it, it felt pretty comfortable, but they didn't need to go ahead and take the uh, foot off the pedal that much. That's for sure. Colorado showed some heart. Um, Kentucky just smacked Florida around ground and pound. But teams like Texas, Penn State, Michigan just rolled. No problem. Had some really fun games, though. Baylor had a great comeback. Uh, West Virginia keeps going. Uh, BYU keeps going. Um, so, yeah, there is some interesting uh, stuff to talk about, all part of week five. And then week six, we have some marquee matchups, no doubt about it. I don't know what the hell they're changing the name to, but Texas and Oklahoma, Georgia, Kentucky, Mizzou, and LSU. LSU's got a tough schedule. I know they're not a popular team to root for, but, man, every week it seems like every other week it seems like they're in a big game again. Just came off a ranked team. Now they're on another one. Let's see if they can get their defense together. Uh, Notre Dame at Louisville. We'll see if Louisville's the real deal. Bama A&M. Some interesting games. And, obviously, we'll be talking about upsets or, you know, against the spread. Looking at Rutgers plus 14 in Wisconsin. Kind of interesting to me. There are some other ones that we'll talk about. Games flying under the radar and whatnot for week six. So we'll start with week five recap, then move to week six preview and prediction. Of course, you know, we got the crappy, crappy pick of the week. The crafty, crappy pick of the week. To close the show, we'll update you on the schedule and how that played out. But if this is your first time listening to the College Ball Show, welcome. It streams live right here on blogtalkradio.com forward slash Ropadope Radio. You don't have to go to Blog Talk or Ropadope and download the show directly there if you don't want to. Um, you can go under the Ropadope Radio podcast uh, on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Player FM, Google Podcasts, download the podcast app, Pod Bay, a whole other host of other platforms, just Google it. Um, while you're at it, why don't you head on over to thegruelingtruth.com and Sports News 24. Real quick, kick off football season with DirecTV Stream. Get the DirecTV Sports Pack, which includes the NFL Network, NFL Red Zone from the NFL Network, SEC Network, Big Ten, and all that good stuff. And for a limited time, save $30 on DirecTV Stream. Choose the DirecTV Stream. Choose the direct TV stream. Ouch. Package that's right for you. No annual contracts, no hidden fees. For a limited time, it starts at $64.99. Save $30. Get it now before it goes away. Sorry, I got attacked by something. I'm okay, though. I'll be okay. 
All right, let's go ahead and bring in the co-host of the show, longtime co-host, longtime friend. Um, we've been doing it since 2010, um, which is, you know, this is our 13th year of the college ball show. Um, how you doing, my friend? We, we had ourselves an entertaining on many levels uh, type weekend on week five. <clears throat> um, financially, it was great uh, because <clears throat> Oregon State took care of business. Um, I listened to a podcast that said bet Troy, so I bet Troy quite a bit, and Troy took care of business. And it would have been a perfect trifecta uh, last night if, if Patrick Mahomes would not have taken a knee on his own and went in the end zone. It would have been a great, great. I heard great a lot game. about that. Not from the oh, but I heard man. a lot of people talking about that one. Now, he I did only the had right like thing. A, yeah, yeah, I only had like 100, 120 <laughs> bucks, but like in Vegas, though, in Vegas, that was millions of like on the on that line shift because the whole world had bet uh, the, the Chiefs. <clears throat> so, yeah, that was a uh, man, what a time to take a knee. Uh, but, yeah, overall, um, it was an entertaining weekend. I actually got a phone call because I had a fun Friday night. Actually, Friday night I went out with uh, – some of my basketball coaches, we watched the WNBA playoffs of Dallas and Vegas. That was a fun game. <clears throat> and then I was going to just hang out Saturday on the couch. And then my good family friend, who I know from my March Madness trips, like, hey, drive out to Fort Worth. You got to be here. I'm in town for the day because he lives in Oklahoma. And, hey, I, you won't pay for your drinks. Just get out here. And I was like, man, if a good family friend says, hey, you're not paying for drinks, it's really hard to say No. <laughs> So after about an hour pounding around, I was like, ah, well, you know, I guess I'll do it. So made the drive out. Just had a good, uh, a good fun Saturday of college football fan fandom and a couple of alcoholic cocktails as well, you know, for free. So I can't complain, brother. Um, I will say for my opening rant, as I used to say, this isn't so much a rant, but more of like a <clears throat> maybe a true statement. We don't really have an elite college football team this year. When the year started, looking at Georgia's schedule, I really felt, Chris, that we were going to have a, as the year goes on, a, a pretty strong consensus take of, man, it's Georgia and the rest of the field. But as we know, it's hard to repeat in college sports or any sport, especially three times in a row. And as you were just saying when we were talking on the show before it started, they've had a lot of guys go pro. Like, this is an organization, or not, or a college team who's had a pretty high track record of guys going to the NFL draft. So, could Georgia win the title this year, Chris? 100% yes. But does this appear as of now to be the team who's been the dominant force last couple of years? Not really. And I'll, I'll make one more point, I'll throw it to you, sir. Um, you've now been down at half to South Carolina, who is – by no means a great team. They have an, an offensive line that is reeks of garbage, and a quarterback tries to do it all on his own. And then you also were down to half to Auburn, who, mind you, last week Auburn got pretty much embarrassed by Texas A&M and Jimbo. So you've been down to half to a weak offensive team and, a, and a, an Auburn team that is normally not the typical Auburn S team. I. I I like this for our podcast because I think that this is probably the most open chance of a team to win a title this year, Chris, as we've had in quite a while in our podcast. 
Yeah, well, it's a lot, you know, it's a lot of, you know what's in their heads? It's the Gophers. Minnesota Gophers run of three in a row. They just, it's such a high bar that they just, every time they check it, like, man, how did they do that? Look at their schedule. They won 15 to 12 and 6 to 3 and 8 to 7 and, you know, all those old school 1930 games. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it kind of appeared that way. Because um, I didn't necessarily think Georgia was going to be, you know, elite, elite, elite like they have been. But to your point, we know they're going to probably be there at the end of the year based off schedule. And really, they, sure. even if they had another game or two that was tougher, they'd probably win one, lose one maybe, and still get there. You know what I mean? So um, that, That's a fair point. You know, but, but you're right, though. I mean, the layers in which, um, you know, the, la- the, the layers of teams that are either going to be one or two losses, uh, but especially the one-loss team, I still think there's plenty of chances for those teams to, to just get hot and whatnot. And, yeah, you're right. I mean, it's, it's wide open, and the combination of being able to play transferred right away, so you got the transfer portal and the NIL. I mean, NIL, it's like those combos – have have it so Bama isn't as deep as they used to be. A lot of these blue bloods are not. They're still deep. They're still fucking deep. They're still going to kill it in recruiting and all that. But if a four-star sitting on the bench, they're not going to sit on the bench that much longer. So they're going to go someplace. And uh, that is something we talked about, that it'll change, and we're now seeing that. Now, it doesn't mean every year we're not going to have two or three teams in the, in the rest. But uh, – you know, yeah, it, and it's funny because they're like a year short of having it. This is actually the year that you could make a case for six teams or eight teams, you know, or obviously it's going to turn to 12. This would be ideal for 12 this year. I mean, not 12, obviously, but that's what it's going to be. So sure. That's what we go with. But, yeah, this would be a perfect year for six or eight because it really lines up that way. That is a good point. And you're right. I mean, Auburn, go look at their, their – they're passing in that game. It was pretty freaking horrible. And like you said, uh, Oregon State deflated Utah. There's just no offensively moving the ball. They just they just look bad. They look bad. No doubt about it. Let me ask now, you just quickly on that: it, is is Winningham and Utah just play like a game? Like the fact that you pretty much let the media in. I'm not saying from a gambling standpoint, but just strictly from like optimism and Utah's future. Are they just afraid to say that Cam Rising may not play this year? Because normally in pro football or college football, if you say your quarterback has a chance, you've said it about three weeks in a row, and he still hasn't played. Like I just, it doesn't just seem weird how they've handled. Yeah, they don't have injury reserves where you can put a guy on four day, four weeks or whatever. You know. Yeah. Yeah. No, it does. It does. Even going into this week. You know, it's like, what the fuck's going on, dude? Like, this is just so weird now. And, yeah, I mean, for them to – it's like they're making them look at more tape, you know, of him um, than they normally would if they knew he didn't wasn't going to play. So it has to be because otherwise it's like, dude, what's taking so long? I mean, what, I mean, you know, considering we thought he might play in that one game, yeah. it looked like he was going to play. So, yeah, they've been a little coy with it. Um yeah, it's weird, but they need him really, really badly. Oh, yes. 
So it's 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 not like I don't know. It's just it's rough because it does kind of feel like you know they got a pretty good team this year, man, and they've been able to grind out games. If you had a star quarterback, they would you know that would be big for them. But let's get to some games that were really competitive. Uh, you know, for a while Notre Dame, you know, up ten zip, they stretched it to thirteen to zip. And there were a couple times where it's like missed field goal, uh, you know, punt, punt, punt. It's like they're just leaving stuff short. They're not on the same page offensively. Sam Hartman is in a different system. Um, they're not just letting him cook and being in the shotgun the whole time. They did use a little more shotgun in this game, but it is an interesting dilemma for him in that offense because you can't just go Wake Forest on it and chuck it 55 times because that's not what they're built to do either. But if you're going to bring in Sam Hartman, I think you got to meet him more halfway. And he didn't have a great game or anything like that, but it seems like I think he's just so used to getting those 48 and 52. And I mean, the, the, the amount of passes he used to put up the last couple of years, um, I don't know. I don't know what it is. It's not a great fit just yet, and they just keep, whether it's pressure, whether it's a drop ball, whether it's a misfire, whatever it is, it's just like they should have been up like 20-0 to zero in that game. And that's, that's, just, that's just the bottom line. They should have been winning that game more. That was not the case. Um, credit to Duke. They came in and had nice, like, 11-play drive, got it to 13-7. Forced two punts in a row, and then had another almost five minute drive to make it fourteen to thirteen. And I'm looking at it like, man, what the hell is going on? You know. And, and they went right away, three and out. Took a buck nineteen off the clock. It was like, what this? What's going on? And at least Duke, you know, after that had like an eight play, shoot up five minutes of the clock, that type of thing. But you know, I guess you got to start at like your own three yard line. I think what the penalty it was, and that's another thing. I mean, they had like seven or eight penalties in the first half, and like four or five of them were false starts. It's like, dude, I know it's loud in, in Raleigh, but, or Raleigh, but come on, dude. We're not in the big house. It's not 110,000 people. Like, what the hell's going on? So they are stuttering there, but they grinded it out from the three-yard line, and that running back, who I like a lot, bam, busted open, and I had I had it minus four. I had it minus four for Notre Dame. So I was a happy camper when he uh, broke that tackle, and then he just started running. I'm like, just score. Please score. And he, and he ended up getting the job done. But um, Notre Dame's a work in progress. I could see how good of a team they are. I think they have that, that potential to be with the, the upper echelon. But until they get that offense fixed, I just don't believe in them right now. They're not letting Sam cook, and they're it's like they're running a traditional pro offense, and it's just not clicking. And I know it's all new with the you know, and everything the wide receiver, quarterback, all that stuff's new. But um, yeah, it just it's looking clunky. Credit to Duke though; they they got a good defense and everything like that. But I just felt when it was thirteen zero, it probably should have been about twenty to zero, if not twenty three to zero. Well, and to Duke's credit, for a team that really has been off the map for quite a while, um, you beat Clemson, 
put up a hell of a fight against the Notre Dame, you're, you're going in the right direction. Now I can, I don't mind saying stuff about football because basketball, I will, I will never say those words. Um, but Hey, you, you're, you're holding your own. Like you're, 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 you're ranked and you almost beat Notre Dame and you beat Clemson. So shit. Okay. You're having a good year fun for Notre Dame though. I'm with you. I feel like that they do have a very talented quarterback. The guy that like got a ton of love last year, actually last two years. But yeah, it's like he hasn't. It's like this system is not meant for him. You're right, Chris. But or, and maybe it's just the fact that he doesn't look comfortable. That's for sure. Yeah, and and, and obviously they do have more of a traditional. They always have a great tight end. They always have a couple of good running backs. Like they are more of a pro style team. But if you bring a guy like him in, why not adapt a little bit? Like why not make some changes to your program to allow your quarterback to showcase his talent? Because it's almost like they're keeping him kind of like hidden a little bit, which is reflected in games that are lower scoring. I don't even Bama like changed drop. their shit, not to interrupt, but even Bama changed their offense, and they were winning chips. <laughs> yeah, and, and and not that like I'm saying they should have dropped like 50 on Ohio State or 50 on Duke, but sure, like sure. maybe they maybe they could have won these games by a bigger margin or had a better chance. But yeah, there is that certain like just conservative s play style calling, but then it's like, why bring in such a deeply talented, like, core? Yeah, it, it, something is not quite at him. It could be the OC, it could be the head coach. Who knows? There's so many factors that we, you and I obviously don't know off the top of our head. But, but hey, but for, for their standpoint, though, you're Notre Dame, you're scheduling, you know, it's going to be hard. You only have one loss. So, as to a team that could be the playoffs, like, they're no, the Notre Dame playoff chances are still high. And maybe you do have a chance to, with the quarterback you have, maybe start to make a couple of tweaks and hang in there. Now, again, I'm not saying that Notre Dame is elite, but in the discussion of teams that can maybe make the Final Four, I would not rule them out yet. But you do need to see a little more of a of a Sam Hartman we saw in the ACC as opposed to what we've seen with him at Notre Dame. Yeah, and just to follow up about the Georgia-Auburn game, like, Carson Beck, maybe that's when he found himself because he did go for over 300. They weren't running at a high level. Maybe he found himself somewhere. Uh, he definitely found uh, Brock Bowers, who had like a buck 57, a bunch of broken tackles. I mean, that guy's a, a beast. But um, Quinn Thorne, Peyton Thorne has 82 yards passing, and he's your leading rusher. It's just weird. But I'll say this. 43 carries, 219, 5.1 a clip. I mean, that's moving the ball on the ground. And to me, that is kind of troubling that they gave up that kind of yardage. Uh, just to reiterate, because we talked about it, but we actually didn't go into detail with it. That is a lot of yards. And then on the flip side, you had USC up coasting, right? Like, hey, you know, we're, we're up way up. It was like 21 to 7. And then before you know it, it's 34 to 7. I think it was like 34 to 14. And, and I think it got to what, 41 to 14. And that's when they really started, you know, credit to Colorado. They didn't just lay down. Um, Caleb Williams was, you know, he threw that one pick, but he had six touchdowns, 403. They probably should have, they only ran the ball 25 times, probably should have run the ball more. Sanders just went nuts, um, and even Coach Sanders said, you know, we need to start on offense that way, period. 
so they got a you know they got a lot of work in progress. That uh, Miller was just uh, the Omarion Miller dude. They, I mean, they keep finding these guys. A Weaver one week, Horn the next week. They still have Travis Hunter coming back. So I look for them to close pretty strong offensively. But they finally, uh, Hankerson, finally they found a running game. They ran for almost 200 yards against that USC defense. So kind of breaking both those down, USC, Georgia, big, big, you know, favorites. But they kind of kind of were lackluster, especially Georgia, obviously. But I don't know. You put your foot on the – it's like keep your foot on the pedal. And I thought that they switched it into low gear. And, and it kind of – when you give a team that can get hot offensively some life, they're going to take advantage of it, even if it didn't feel like they were actually going to win the game. <clears throat> yeah, I actually was impressed with how USC's defense started the game. I really did think it would be a little more of a shootout in the first half, but uh, Shadrew made a pick. Uh, they made a couple of just like U- USC's defense. Just they made an interception. They made a couple of nice plays. Colorado's punter was pretty much, I would say, drunk on one play and waited way too long to punt the effing ball. He got yeah. blocked for like a five yard. I don't know what the hell like, I was doing, but <laughs> nonetheless. USC got off to a great start, but as I know, as being a USC fan, our defense is not good, and despite how good they looked, the the defense got dissected a little bit. Obviously, like you said, Carrow didn't quit, and also now every time you check up at the score, uh, USC is up 21, they're up 14, they're up 7, and that doesn't surprise me, just because, again, against good teams, the USC's de- Lincoln Riley's MO has never been defense, so... I do think maybe the first half was a bit of a stretch. <clears throat> but in the first half, when USC's offense was locked in, you know, as Dion said, like week two, I need about 12 or 13 more guys and I'll be legit. He, some of those guys got to be in the secondary because USC obliterated that Colorado secondary in the start of the game. There were a couple of wide touchdown passes missed, a couple of wide plays that were just like touchdown. Like that USC offense looked good. When the foot was on the pedal, now, as you said, they did take the foot off the gas, but I did think that that USC offense, again, is obviously a level above Colorado right now, um, and they took care of business, but, yeah, obviously you never want as a coach to see your lead go from, like, 28 down to 7 because that just shows you lost momentum. But, uh, again, I, you know, USC, you can mention, are there a team up there in the potential top 10-ish? Could they get super hot and win a title? Maybe, but... Again, I still I, I say that maybe very like softly and quietly because is that defense like if 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 USC is gonna make a deep run, Chris, they're gonna have to beat people fifty six to fifty, you know, because that that defense yeah. ain't gonna change over a tiger can't lose its stripes. So I like Caleb you Williams. You need an average defense, you know, because they <laughs> they do get pressure. I'll say that. Now they didn't play that challenging of a schedule just yet, but yeah. they do get pressure. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know, man. It's just the defense isn't that good. They just be middle of the line, you know. The middle of the line defense for that team this year would be crazy, but I don't, I don't think they're there. Sadly, I, I wish I could say they were, but I don't, I don't think they are. And for as you said for Georgia, um, we I kind of hit on the start of the show. Yeah. You man, you you had your the, you, they had their hands full. 
you know, the South Carolina game, you did feel, because I watched that second half as well, hey, they came out, they scored, they were at their home. Uh, South Carolina had a little special teams brain fart, and they that game was kind of like, okay, fourth quarter, you knew that thing was like, it just a matter of how much George wanted to win by. There wasn't that really that Zen feeling of, hey, we got this one in the bag. Like, that that was basically a neck and neck, like, ah, we, we got to hold on here. So I do think that they're, the quarterback is maybe not quite found his rhythm yet that he's used to. You're lucky to have a tight end that is a beast who can kind of bill you out situations. And that defense, again, to their credit, I think they have like shit five guys on the Eagles, it feels like. So they have lost a lot of people to the pros. But there's some That's kicks a lot in the of armor. Yards. <clears throat> yeah, so they're, they're, they're good. Again, they're a top ten. I, I've heard I heard a couple people say this weekend. I, they think ten teams score the title, and maybe it's between six and ten, depending on who you like and if you do power rankings or if you're a gambling person or you just like watching for fun. But yeah. they're in that they're in that top tier to win. But like I said, I thought they'd be a little more dominant, but maybe they're just come back to reality. And again, like you said, it's also hard to repeat consistently and have player motivational standpoints and replace the skill level they have, which has been such a high level. And, uh, but yeah, hey, but at the end of the day, though, Georgia, you have had two bad halves, but you beat South Carolina, you beat Auburn. And at the end of the day, that's all that matters. Style points really don't matter in college football as long as you get a win when that's expected of you. So credit, credit to me, you know, it's been a little ugly, but they're getting the job done, Chris. It's just not what they've done the last couple of years. And this is not like going to be one of those like LSU teams from a handful of years ago. They're just, they're, they were a level above everyone else. Georgia's not at that level above this year, but they're still a damn good team. Michigan rolled, Texas rolled, no problem. I lost on the – I bought to 17 and a half. That did, I could have bought till fucking 100, and I would have lost that one. Texas, frickin' Penn State rolled, had a little early issue, got that minus one, nine and a half when they, when they were down a little bit, but they rolled. Uh, a lot of teams rolled. Oregon rolled. Bama rolled. Uh, you know, Tennessee rolled after coming off a bad one. Kentucky rolled up Florida. Um, but we had that LSU old Miss game. And that was one of the most, I mean, coming into it, you knew it was going to be entertaining. You know, that's a pretty much a given in that one. But man, that shit was so, so fun to watch back and forth, forth and back. Um, you know, old Miss had the lead for, you know, a fair amount of the game, or I should say the first half, and, and I got to say, when they got it to 42-34, now by no stretch of the imagination did I think the game was over, you know what I mean? But I thought, well, now they have a cushion to where if they just keep scoring, maybe they can, you know, they can do this. But uh, that was not the case. Um, the defense showed up right after that. They got it to 42-34. They came down with a 13-play drive, scored, made it a two-point game, made, got a three and out, and turned it over on downs. But obviously, uh, I don't know. I just kept thinking, okay, here's another touchdown. Okay, they got up. Now they're up. Nope, now they're not up. Like, it was just so back and forth. But I would say the three and out and the four and out in the fourth quarter, obviously the last, you know, they, they had a, a little, you know, stuff to play with at the end of the game. 39 seconds worth, but those two forced punts, that's probably about four minutes of clock, even though they turned over the 
ball in Dallas, that was where the game was won. Because I was sitting there with minus two and a half, feeling like, hey, this is going to happen. This is going to happen, you know. And that was not the case. I mean, the combination of 300 on the pass in the run, that was ridiculous. And, you know, Dart had 50 rushing yards, but it was really the other two. Junkins back, and he dominated. Dart, four touchdowns, no picks, 389. I mean, that lived up to just a shootout in Old Miss, you know, after coming off a, a bad second half. Um, didn't give up, man. They kept going, even though it looked like, okay, LSU's finally got it. They pulled away. I got to give them credit. Um, they, they did the job, man. I think that was the first 300-yard – actually, you, you let me hear your take out of it. I'll, I'll look up the stat. I mean, I, <clears throat> I'm i happy they won. Uh, that's a game that Ole Miss needed to have maybe a chance in, the, uh, in their side of the conference. I, mean, I think if you're going to say that, you know, is I know Bama beat them, but Bama's not unbeatable this year, and I, I, I will gladly think we can beat A&M possibly on a given week. So that was a, a needed win for a conference chance, uh, a needed win against LSU, which obviously is always a fun game, um, and hopefully for Jackson Dart's confidence. He's a guy that, I again, I'm not sure why Lane Kiffin kept him, uh, I've always kind of been a little bit weary of his arm because I don't think he's got a great arm, as you saw last week versus Bama. But for this week, obviously LSU is not uh, DBU this year, as it shows from the stat hey, line I here. Bama would take him right about yeah. now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, so, uh, hey, you threw for 389, four touchdowns. Uh, you dropped 55 on LSU, who clearly, man, their their defense ain't what it normally is either at all. But – you won, a, you won a fun rivalry game, the high-scoring game. You scored 21 points in the fourth quarter, as you said, uh, to kind of pick your shit back up together after a great, after a solid first half. So that was just a typical, like, old-school Lane Kiffin game where that's kind of the first year he was Ole Miss. He had kind of a high, just let's try and outscore people with Matt Corral. And now, since he left, it's kind of been more of a defensive-based team with a good running back. But Quishon Jenkins did his part. The defense, yeah, but hey, that was just a fun, entertaining game that I'm happy Ole Miss won, and uh, yeah. SEC, uh, the first SEC game with Ole Miss, the first SEC game with 300 passes, passing yards, or over 300 and, and 300 rushing, and 7-11 total yards, most in the SEC game in school history. Uh, so they definitely, they definitely put it up, man. They put it up on them. I know. I think Texas State. We talked about them a couple times. I think they had like forty-two and a half or something like that, dude. That was pretty crazy. Um, now speaking of comebacks, though, and just lighting up the scoreboard, Central Florida looked like they had it. I'm sure their fan base was talking about the championship from a couple of years ago that they, you know, won it in their minds and they made a trophy for it and all that. But man, oh my! I mean. Down thirty-five to seven to score twenty-nine unanswered points. Kick a field goal, thirty-six to thirty-five, dude. I mean that—that that was crazy, dude. Largest comeback in program history. Um, didn't see that one coming whatsoever. I mean that was like holy cow. I kind of like Baylor on the on the plus points. I didn't take him though. I'm not going to say that now. All of a sudden, um, but. 
man, they got back in that game, and all of a sudden Baylor, you know, showing a little life anyway. But that that one's rough, dude. That one is really rough, and I and I could feel the pain because you know my Gophers were just up thirty-one to ten and ended up giving up a damn game. Yeah, that one. I mean. And I watched that ba- I watched that whole Baylor game when they played Utah. Now, obviously, Utah's got better defense than UCF, but that that Baylor offense ain't anything too hot to handle this year. Okay, so I, I don't know what happened to UCF. That is a, <laughs> that, that's a bad meltdown, Chris. That really is. That's just one that you just want to, uh, as they say, burn the tape. If you're UCF, I think that tape has probably already been burned, and I can't blame the coaching staff for that decision. Um. <laughs> I did uh, have the Troy game on ESPN Plus on Saturday night. I, I was told to bet that from a podcast, and just they made a couple of, well, their, their offense defense are better than the other team's offense defense, George State. And sometimes college football, the, sometimes the crappier teams when they play each other are easier to bet on than the regular, like, top dog teams because the Vegas cares about what Georgia and Alabama and Texas points spreads are. Sometimes you get to sleep in or sneak in and get a, a, a good pick. So, Troy, uh, thank you, Troy Trojans, for – Helping your uh, your guy here uh, make a nice little profitable bet. Um, and as you said, yeah, Texas State uh, fifty to thirty six. Not obviously not quite the uh, news that Dion had, but he he brought I think th- over thirty five to thirty eight players with him to Texas State, and they're four and one. And I don't know the last time Texas State started four and one. So hats off to those guys. And man, oh man, it'd be a disservice if we didn't talk about this team. The Iowa State Hawkeyes, who their goal, the the Brian Ferentz uh, offense coordinator goal of the year, is to average 25 points a game. Iowa scored 26 this week, Chris, 26 points. Man, there should be a celebration through through Iowa City. They beat Michigan State 26-16, but Iowa State, they've achieved their goal. They scored 26 points in the game. Oh, man, a quarterback actually got hurt. Dear Lord, what what an absolute. Well, he was already hurt, too. And and now he's hurt worse, I guess. Yeah, he's done for the season. Jesus Lord. And of course, what is the the Iowa highlight show on ESPN? Electric punt return for a touchdown puts Iowa ahead. They didn't even score other points on offense. <laughs> I swear, I swear. If you're an Iowa Hawkeyes fan, I don't know how those people survive. <laughs> it was electric, though. Man, you should have been there. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm sure you're right. You're it right. Took... That was but fun. hey, oh. oh Overall, though, you're right. It, it was it was a really just solid, good weekend. You had the Georgia drama in the afternoon. You had the Ole Miss LSU back and forth game, which was fun. Uh, Eric Washington, as you said, I've been I've been hyping up Penix, who he didn't have his best game. You know, they, maybe Washington had their one game to sleepwalk. Their their offense numbers were okay. They didn't blow Arizona out the water, but they they did their part. And as we but said, his numbers last week, were good. Yeah, that's for sure. His numbers are really good. Yeah, uh, uh, but you're but they just didn't quite. They 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 they've been up like almost like twenty. Yeah, yeah. Their secondaries was shaky last year, and it kind of showed shades of that. So, and as you said last week on the podcast, they're when they get to October, November, they're gonna be they're gonna be challenged. So far, Washington is whatever game they've had to, and they've looked dominant while doing it. You could argue they have the best wide receiver core in the country. Other people say Ohio State. You could say Washington. They have the tools. They got they got the fun team to watch, but they're going to start playing teams who have numbers ranked next to them, which will be a very interesting challenge. As God, actually, the, the Pac-12 man, Penix, Shadrew, Caleb Williams, 
Bo Nix, they, they, they've, for, for this being their last year, Chris, the Pac-12 is actually going out on a pretty good note. Yeah, I mean, we're going we're gonna to find out uh, as the season goes on. Um, you know, the suits messed that up, but we, we know how that goes. Uh, Memphis ended up getting the job done against Boise State. Boise State now 2-3, and three, whereas the Tigers are 4-1. and one. Um, That BYU-Cincy game I was talking about, that was really fun. And then West Virginia, too. I mean, I'll plus number them to death, dude. I love them, dude. <laughs> They're plus, your boys plus, this year. Plus, plus, plus. Um, I, I, I can't remember. I saw it go up to like 15 and a half, Marshall. I was like, all right, this is just fucking disrespect. This is just disrespect. <laughs> I'll put another one, plus it all. I'm going plus numbers. And then, dude, in the second half, there was a point where there was uh, a TCU had um, 11 yards, .07 per play, and two first downs on the uh, Mountaineer side, a buck 47, 5.4, and two, or sorry, 12 to two when it came to first down. So um, now did I think, I'm not going to sit there and, you know, think that they, you know, I had them win it. I thought they'd win that game. No, I didn't think they'd win the game. But uh, I'm telling you, with the talent they have on both sides of the line, and they are going to run the ball 40-plus times. They're just going to. They're just going to do it. So had to do it. Uh, you know, I mean, I'll, I'll buy points if I have to with that team. I don't care. <laughs> it's a bet that's going to come through, man going to come through. But all in all, definitely a fun weekend. Anything else before we start to, uh, you know, get into this week six, six, because we have, you know, the Red River. We got a whole bunch of stuff going on. I believe, didn't you take them good old Boston College Eagles? I sure did. I Hell, sure hey, did. the Crafty Crap Pig League is up to three and two. Let's go, That's baby. Right. Let's go. We're, we're back stands. above 500. Yep, as it stands. If you were with us from week one, you'd be in the money at this point. Okay? Amen. A little shaky, little back-to-back losses, but back-to-back wins. Uh, we'll see which one he picks this week. But yeah, we don't quit. No, oh, no, for no. my for my James Franklin shot at scumbag update. This man had his backup quarterback do a fake kneel touchdown play, but as, as he put it on tape, now you got to worry about it. See, you're going to watch that tape. You're going to stay up until two in the morning. Watching this damn tape now. But he is definitely a coach that knows the point spread because this is now like the third time this year where he has literally ran it in to cover the spread. So James Franklin, he's looking out for his boosters. He's looking out for people that bet Penn State. So if you are going to bet Penn State, know they have a coach who he he knows the spread because he this is it it ain't ain't a conspiracy. He just that man knows the spread. Something like that. It's like twelve in a row or eleven in a row. That 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 dude likes paying people who pay who who bet on his team. So I I do think a fake deal is a bit of a shady way to go in college football. It's frowned upon, but it's le- it's not illegal. It but damn James Franklin, you're 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 quite the man. I gotta say you're quite the man. But besides that, I say we digress and move forward. Now we mentioned this uh, two weeks ago. When that Henry Blackburn, the dude who had a cheap shot on Travis Hunter, um, you know, we mentioned that, right? That, yeah, yep. That he was getting death threats. Well, it's kind of cool. They, they they posted this thing. Those two met and hung out. They met up and hung out, took a picture, chilled for a little bit, 
kind of on the no hard feelings, everybody calm the F down. I thought that was pretty cool. I, you know, they live in the same state, so that's possible, you know. So I, I thought that was kind of a cool little story. I wanted to follow up on that. I saw someone uh, tweet that. I was like, all right, well, that's kind of cool, man, because, you know, it doesn't have to be that serious. Cheap shots happen. It's football. People get hurt sometimes on uh, things that don't look that bad. All of a sudden, someone tore their ACL. So, yeah, we all know it was a dirty blow, and it messed him up, obviously. Messed up his liver, but that's, uh, you know, it's just too serious when you talk about death threats. We don't have to take it to the goaltender <laughs> type stuff that other uh, sports take it to. Uh, we don't need to go there. And, and obviously, you know, if the player doesn't think we need to go there, then everybody should shut the fuck up. Calm down a little bit. All right. Anyway, um, I mean, we might as well start with the big one. We might as well. Michigan and Minnesota. Oh, wait, that's not the big one. That isn't the big one. That's the oldest rivalry, though, uh, as far as trophy rivalry. Anyway, last season, to the tune of like 49 to zip, the Longhorns just took that little sooner get up and ran them right out of the damn building. I mean, they they beat the shit out of them. This will be the 119th meeting all time. Eight out of the last ten have come down to the wire eight points or less. So that's, I kind of feel like that's a possibility this year. Uh, just because of last year, you know, they're going to be playing the tape of, you got your ass kicked, what are you going to do about it? Um, I don't know, man. This is kind of an interesting one. Um, clearly, Texas, you know, seems like if you look at, if you're looking for a number one team to rank number one, you know, you can, you can look there. Uh, you know, they have one of the best wins on the road. Uh, you can say whatever you want about Bama, but still beat them at their place. Is not easy to do. They're coming off Kansas, who, you know, juggernaut on offense. Now, obviously, you know, um, without Daniels, they're not the same team as we saw last year, so that didn't help. But they took care of business. And that running back, I mean, the, I think it's the last three weeks now, he's been just put – I mean, I know they got more than one. But that running back that they got, his name is uh, – I had it, too. I don't know what the hell what, – what the hell is his name? But anyway, the last three weeks – He's been putting up some uh, Brooks, Jonathan Brooks. Uh, I mean, buck 64, 106, and they took him out. I mean, he had uh, he was killing it. He's definitely killing it. Go figure, though. You know, I mean, um, a Texas running back doing it, doing it really big. But the last 20 seasons versus uh, a top 25 AP opponent, there's only been three uh, players that have produced 200 yards and above. He's one of them. Um, so they're looking the part. They're looking the part of being back. Um, if, in fact, they are back, well, this is a game they need to win, obviously. Um, they are, you know, a favorite, a healthy favorite. Some people think it should be a little bit more than that, six and a half points. Um, uh, you know, Oklahoma, their defense actually looks better this year. I mean, that guy came from Clemson. He was a D guy. Uh, they haven't. They played backup quarterbacks for Tulsa. They haven't really played, you know, a high level game just yet, Oklahoma. But what says you? You think Oklahoma just based off rivalry, just play, based off, you know, the eleven o'clock kickoff? You know, we're five and zero as well. We want respect. They got a quarterback. Um, 
who, you know, a lot of people kind of up and down about that guy. I, I think he's a pretty good quarterback. But what says you about this matchup? Because I'll say this. According to ESPN Analytics, 54.2% to 458 they're looking at Sooner Nation, and they're saying they're going to get the job done. Ah, uh, man. Well, the the good friend that invited me out this past weekend is a diehard Oklahoma fan, and, and he's always giving me the speech, which is true for a Carolina Duke. And this is a cliche sport, or I'm sorry, this is a cliche sports quote, but it's true. The records don't matter in this game, much like when I've seen Carolina basketball be like 5-13 and 13 and Duke's 13-5 and five and the other team wins, like, this is one of those rivalries that it, it just, again, it doesn't really matter who's doing better. Um, the, it just, it, it's a flip of the quarter every time they play. Now, I think last year, Oklahoma's third string quarterback got like an eye infection on the day of the game. They had like a tight end running offense. So last year obviously was not a really a football game, but a situation like this, um, this is probably the best team Texas has had, Chris, I would say five or six years at least. Uh, you've taken care of business. He had a prestige win over Bama. Um, you got, you were, you have a quarterback. That's a healthy. better team five, six oh. years ago. Oh, that's just how far I want to go back. I was maybe okay, the okay. best team in 10 years. Yeah. So, um, you're looking good there. Uh, and I just say that because there's been years where Oklahoma had like Caleb Williams or Baker quarterback in Texas wins. So, Maybe, you know, I just – I truly think this game is a pick em. If you make a bet, it could go either way. I would say so far on paper, um, Dylan Gabriel has been, like, the most, like, uh, like quarterback analytical. He's been, like, maybe – I think he's, like, been the best quarterback in the country just based on some statistics. Yeah, it's now, like 15 obviously. and 2 or something like that. You're right. He is a, a so, stat machine. Yeah, if you, were play, if you were playing college fantasy football, he's been the best quarterback in the country so far. But the teams he's played against have not been up to the par of Texas so far. Uh, Oklahoma beat Iowa State this past week. And Oklahoma, Iowa State is a garbage football team. I need to bet against them for the rest of the year. They're bad. <clears throat> so, long-winded here. I'm going to take... God, I don't want to say this verbally. I I think Texas wins. I hope I reverse jinx them. But I think Texas is the better team, I'll say, because the week that Oklahoma beat Cincinnati, again, just from a number standpoint, look at it. Cincinnati actually moved the ball really well in OU. They just really struggled in the red zone. But, like, uh, the, uh, it was all, the yards was pretty much dead even. So the one, I guess, okay team Oklahoma's played this year it was kind of like a neck-and-neck coin-toss game. And the other game is that Oklahoma has literally picked their number, Chris. So just from strength of schedule and how they've looked, uh, I mean, hell, Texas' second-best win could maybe be Wyoming. But Wyoming has actually been okay. I do think they got a little yeah, bit lucky. Be, I do think Texas got a little bit lucky that uh, that Jalen Daniels, who actually is a very good quarterback for KU, tweaked his back in warm-ups so that he didn't play. And yeah. obviously they, they, they whooped him up. But I just think so far, Texas that looks – up my plus number big time. No shit, yeah. Plus 17 and a half, for Christ's sakes. <clears throat> Texas looks better so far. But, again, when it, whenever, think of whoever's listening to the podcast, think of your favorite team and think we play your arch rival. Does the point spread really matter? Eh, not so much. But I will take Texas 
And I just think they've looked better so far on paper. But this is Dale and Gabriel's time to shine. And as you said, Venables is get he's made Oklahoma's defense improve slightly. They, they're they're not as bad as they were before, Chris. So that oh, it should be a fun one. Yeah, I agree. Um, and I agree. Six and a half. I'm going to keep an eye on that. I'm going over though. Okay. I'm going over six sixty and a half. Um, I'm going to go over. I'm going to go over. I think that they'll. I think that that's where it's going. It's definitely going over in my mind anyway. Uh, but I, I do like uh, Texas to win. But, yeah, that six and a half, I hear what you're saying. Um, maybe stay away from it a little bit. Um, yeah, it's it's, it's kind of interesting. Kind of interesting there. But, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I got Texas. I just think that, yeah, they just got the talent and their defensive line, their defense in general, but especially their line, it's just – and shit, speaking of line, on the other side, they, they returned all five of their starters. We saw that in the Bama game. Um, now, number one, Georgia versus number 20, Kentucky. Now, we just talked last week how, yeah, their quarterback didn't do shit. 9-19, yards in a tutty. However, Ray Davis did some shit. 26 carries. 280, Marshall. 280 yards, a 10.8 a clip, three touchdowns, 75 was the longest. I mean, as a team. Guy, you'd think that the 329, you'd think that'd be like 52 carries. 38, 36 carries, 329, 9.1 a clip. I mean, wow, we're talking about good defense and, and, and running the ball. That's what Kentucky, last year they slipped. But, you know, what, three, four years in a row, they were – play it tough, and try to win the game, and they, they were going to get like 9-10 wins. They're a damn good program. Um, you know, if they and, and we saw what Auburn was able to do on the ground with nobody throwing the damn ball barely. Um, I mean, does it ruin it that they almost lost last week, so all of a sudden they're like, rank versus rank, we got to take this team serious, we got to make sure that Leary dude passes. Uh, isn't that Larry dude from NC State? Is that where he used to play? I think it was. I think so, yeah. Uh, we cannot give up another two-plus hundred yards, you know what I mean? Um, but on on paper, this kind of seems like a a time to either maybe not fully pick up the, the knock or the, you know, fully pick it, but a plus 14 and a half if you buy, if you buy to 16 or 17 – I don't think that's that bad of a bet. Yeah, the only thing that would make me a little bit nervous is just the uh, the angles of where, how the teams are coming into this game. And I say that because, well, hell, that's why I liked Oregon State so much this last week because they'd had a bad loss and Utah had a, a kind of ugly win. Uh, so with that being said, uh, for like the past like 20 years up until like five years ago, Kentucky could never beat Florida, and they kind of got over that hump now. But to Kentucky, Florida basically is like their biggest rival in football, besides Louisville. But so like that, that so Kentucky won a huge rivalry game. They beat their ass, and you do for a letdown. Georgia now is going to hear all the shit at the beginning about how hey y'all are not that good of a defending team. You're looking like trash. You just assume that they're at home, and their and their home field is pretty nasty. They that place gets loud as shit, especially when their their defense has that crowd behind them. So, 
I want to get behind your pick and say, hey, like, yeah, you're 14 and a half. That's a good point. But this should, can Kentucky play that good again? Probably not. Can Georgia play that bad again at home? Probably not. My, my numbers tell me to want to lean towards Georgia simply due to emotional angles of college football that we've seen and covered from doing this show for 13 years and watching it before we even met and did our show. So Georgia the, cover, not Georgia. Yeah. I think from, everybody's Georgia. Yeah. So from the gambling standpoint with, and I, I just, Kentucky, can you really, I mean, you, you, you laid it on Florida. That game, that game was a beat down. I don't know if you can do the same thing again with the mental focus in Georgia Stadium coming off a Georgia team who's pissed off. They didn't lose, but I guarantee you Kirby's not having a fun week of practice. So <laughs> I, I got to take Georgia to cover just because those angles. Yeah. Now, if Kentucky yeah. wins. Now they give up a ton of fucking rushing yards, too. I, true. I don't yeah. know, man. I, I think it's worth buying it, buying a couple points, maybe okay. 17, 17 and a half, just because of the running game. Like, we could say they didn't have a good performance, but they fucking sure. got taxed on the running game. So, and Kentucky's better at the running game. So, I don't know. I agree. I don't think Georgia's going to – I think it's a bad spot for Kentucky. I do agree with what you're talking about because they already got over their, their almost loss. And like you said, people are going to be fucking saying, oh, they're not the same. They have – you know, they have the bolts in material. They got, hey, let's put pressure on Leary to throw. Can we at least contain him to 155 yards rushing instead of 250, you know? So I hear what you're yeah. saying there. That makes sense. Now, LSU got another tough game going to Mizzou, uh, 23 against 21, ranked versus ranked. Um, Daniels is playing his ass off, and so is Cook. Uh, you mentioned that, uh, that, no, I think, I think. Luther. Yeah, did, but I'm saying, did you mention it on the podcast, or did we talk about uh, it? Before, before. Okay, yeah. And I wanted to give him his props. Both of them really are, are going off, but you're right. Um. I mean, this dude's going nuts. Like, it, it, it is really ridiculous, the numbers he's putting up. 43 catches, 644, five tutties. Um, I mean, he's going nuts. In the last chunk of games, uh, I mean, that Brady Cook, 1,000 uh, yards, eight touchdowns, no pick. In a, in a short even span, you know, 431 and four touchdowns in, like, three games, for Christ's sakes. It's been crazy, man. They've been putting up. Some serious, serious, um, you know, numbers. They, they've been doing their thing. And, um, you know, when we started the podcast, speaking of 13 years ago, Kansas had a pretty damn good uh, run there. Uh, or not Kansas, Mizzou. Mizzou had a, a big season that went, you know, pretty deep into it. But, you know, they beat Kansas State. Solid, solid win. Hey, Memphis is beating everybody up or beating everybody except – them, um, Vandy, yeah. you know, whatever, uh, Vanderbilt. They've done a good job stopping the run, only giving up just short of 75 yards rushing Mizzou. We're on the flip side, and sure, we could go off of who they faced and who's better at what or whatever, but 169 yards on the ground rushing yards, that's rough, dude. That's really rough. So LSU needs to control the clock. Of course, you're going to get your explosive plays, but they need to hold on to that ball. They do run the ball better, so they got to make up for something. 
to, to contain that defense, okay? And according to – this is my – this is why I say it because my co-host loves the stat. According to ESPN Analytics, ESPN Analytics, 70.2% LSU is going to get the job done. Now, they came off a bad game and then had a few in a row that they looked good on. And then now they, you know, had those two punts in the fourth quarter, couldn't get the job done. Defense looked horrible. Um, what says you about this one, sir? This is a good game. This is a good game. It, I got to go to Google because unless um, Brady Cook, unless Brady Cook is hurt, Missouri's quarterback, I know he had like kind of hyperextended his knee a few weeks ago, but he's been playing since. I'm not sure why. Uh, I don't think so. Yeah, why is Mizzou a uh, six-and-a-half-point dog at home? Could LSU win? 100%. Should LSU be nearly a touchdown favorite? Yeah, he played last week, almost put up 400 yards. Like, what has LSU shown you? That makes them become a seven point favorite, all a six and a half point favorite at Missouri. Now, I'll admit, I still hate the Missouri coach. I, I, I still can't stand Drinkwitz, but his team is having a good year. I mean, dude's five and zero. You're still talking about that? Yep, I still don't like the guy. I, I recruited this quarterback and the wide receiver, my friend. I, I still don't like. I still don't like Drinkwitz as a coach. But anyways, at least um, you changed it as the coach. Because you yeah. were talking about the guy. We don't know the guy. Oh, I, I, I don't. I, 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 he shows to me shades of James Franklin, but I, I can't quite nail that yet. And we don't but, know that guy either. No, we, no not in real life. That's true. That's fair. You're right. Uh, I know. I know he's a gambling man. I'll, I'll respect that about the guy. I'll say that. We can talk about some real life stuff about Lane Kiffin, but we'll leave that alone. That's fair. That's fair. Um, but I just, he, I, I think this game is a coin toss. What, what has LSU shown us this year? to show you that they can beat a legitimate ranked team. Now, again, is Mizzou, you know, a five-star winning Oscar? I don't know, but I don't know why I don't know why they're freaking giving up almost touching on home. Like, I think Missouri can win. I think that LSU's um, defense has been showing issues. Now, with that being said, as you said, Jalen Daniels, he has 1,700 passing yards. Holy shit. That dude's going to throw the ball. Yeah, so they both, they both got playmakers. But Notre Dame been, always had good defenses. Why the hell can't they find a decent defense? If Missouri can try to win the time of possession, plunge the ball a little bit, milk the clock a little bit, I like their chances. And that burden, the student, the stud we talked about, 43 catches this year, 644 yards. That dude is a straight-up baller who's going to cause some LSU issues. If Jackson Dart can tear up LSU's defense, Which he did. so will Cook. Yeah, it, it did. so it, it definitely did. I, I think this will be a very typical game, similar game to what LSU did last week. LSU and Ole Miss had a, a battle to the end. I think that LSU Missouri will have a battle to the end. But again, LSU's on the road. It ain't Death Valley. So I'll Are take you going it. over six and three and a half. I'll take over, but more importantly, I'll take the Mizzou money line to win. Money line, I like yep. that. He, he met, I don't need the points. We're going money line. Yes, sir. Okay. Okay. Um, <sighs> interesting. This one's tough because the bounce back ability. Oh, what, what's your pick? Well, I'm, I'm doing it. Oh, you're go- okay. I, I was observing you're switching games or sticking with it. I hear you. Okay, my bad. The, the, this one is tough. The bounce back ability. Well, what do they need to bounce back for? 
giving up a bunch of yards last week. Um, like they really did. It was really, I still don't understand how they don't have a mediocre defense. Um, and then they just need to, the thing about LSU is they just need to cut down on the what the fuck place. Like, well, what the fuck was that? Yeah. What, special teams? What was that? What was that? You know, just, just silly shit. Um, turn it, you know, we go, we can go over there. That Florida State game, they could have been up at half. Like, it's, it's just bad. They're just, they just can't get a, you know, I don't like the points with LSU. I'll say that. So the Mizzou plus six and a half. Do you think this thing is going to go down? Because I do. I do. Th- I, I think you're right about that. I think it will go down. I think it'll be like, you know, I don't know how far down, five or five and a half or further, but I, I agree with you. I do think uh, at this point, but that's Vegas. They make you go, oh, let me do that, and then they win by seven. Um, but I got LSU winning the game. Um, I, I think they're going to bounce back. They're going to be pissed, yada, yada, yada. But I would definitely like to see Missouri do it because they're five and oh. It'd be a you know it'd be a really good uh be a really good win for him. Um, now the rest of the rank we we have some other games. Don't get me wrong. Washington State against Ukula, Alabama A and M. We got some games, but let's go rank versus rank. This is the time for Louisville to show that they're legit. Like they're a legit top twenty five team. They're at home. The Irish are coming into town. Um, they grinded out a, a low-scoring game, 13 to 10 last week. Um, I might even go under that 53 and a half the way uh, Notre Dame's playing this year. But I just think that defense is too strong. I like Notre Dame uh, to get the dub. What says you, sir? I I concur with you on that. I agree. I I will. St- yeah, because from what I've seen from Louisville. I know they got Jeff Brown there, who I love that guy as a coach. I love what he did at Purdue, but this is not Purdue. There's no, like, big draw to bang on the sidelines. I just think that the skill level, well, I do think Brown will get offense there eventually. I don't think it happens this weekend. I, I think that guy could get Louisville up in a couple of years if he coming legit, but that's too quick to get it done this year. And I've, whenever, sure. a few times I've seen Louisville play, I think that's just a work in progress, and that defense definitely is a work in progress as well. All right. Now, right now I'm looking at a plus three and a half. For, I think that it might go up. I don't know. But I, I like Washington State to beat UCLA. Um, Ukula didn't show me much in that Utah game, um, considering how Utah's looked this year. Um they need to put some points up now. I'm not saying Washington State's got the exact same defense and all that. I know it's it's going to be more high scoring game than 14 to seven, but I like Washington State to with a minor upset. Um, and then the other game I want to talk about: Texas A&M, Alabama. Right now, two and a half point favorite. On the road, Bama. <laughs> A&M usually plays him good. They got a different quarterback, but he's probably just as good as a starter, just in yes. a lot of different ways. Um, is this the year that you keep it going? And, and if they win this, they're ranked again, and they're 5-1, and one, and all of a sudden the Aggies got a chance to, to do some damage uh, on that side of the bracket. What says you about both those games? Like I said, I'm picking a minor upset. Washington State over Ukula. 
Well, that Ward guy should be a sleeper for Heisman because he's balling his ass off too. Um, I don't know if Last year in this year. But with that said, you beat Wisconsin at home. And you beat uh, Oregon State at home. Okay, you're you're still a work in progress. Now you're a good story. I love it, but they got to go to UCLA, who's in California. So can your offense do the same thing? And you know, college football, the home team is such a big advantage, especially when you're on a bit of a heater. Uh, I want to bet Washington State to win, but it scares me just because can you win a big game on the road? We don't know yet. I hope they do. I, I might bet them a little bit, but. We'll see. Now, for the Bama game, dude, I any other time in the year or any other year, this is like a bet as much as whatever your max limit bet is, bet it. But Vegas has this as two-and-a-half point spread for a reason. Uh, this is not the same Bama team. Um, but, my God, I Chris, everything's telling me that you're, you're telling me the Nick Saban can't make up a scheme with that defense to slow down. Uh, what I think isn't Brad Johnson's son. I think it was the uh, A&M quarterback. Like, if if you're going to put Nick Saban's defense against good old Jimbo and uh the the dude uh, Petrino, like every part of me right now is just twitching out to go on go onto my the my bookie and say click Bama max bet. Like, right. it, it's 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 just laid out there perfectly for you now. Milroy, again, you gotta be able to trust Bama's offense. Now they did, they they kind they in the second half gets old Miss. They looked decent. They looked pretty good. Last week they beat up a Mississippi State team that's not that good this year. So maybe Milroy's gaining confidence. But I'll tell you this: I won't bet the Aggies. They don't have Johnny Menzel. There's no Ryan Tannehill. <laughs> this is not the regular athletic or star stud quarterback they have. You just. You can't. You could. You just can't talk me into an A and M bet again. Could Bama lose this game? Possibly, yes, because this is not the regular Bama team. But you, I, they I, play them strong every year, pretty much. They do. I, I. But I just. I can't. I know what you're saying. I. I can't. Yeah. I, I you can't. Need to believe it. Yes. Yeah. I do. I think that's fair. Yeah. I. Yeah. I'll say. It. So hey, that'd so be. So what a, about a, Bama three? I mean, you think they could win by three? I mean, oh, hundred percent. Yeah. 100%. I. I, I think Take that. Points, then. I think you can in a match like this, which team has the strongest offenses and defenses overall? Who's got the best of the four? I think out of all those four, the number one answer is definitely Bama's defense. So that would that's what would incline me to pick uh, Bama to win, just because they have the strongest of the four units. And Miami was getting in their paws, but getting in their ass in that game defensively too. They were. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That so. That's true. Uh, I'll probably I'll probably have to bet Bama and just hope that offensively <laughs> Milroy does. Now th- this was a team who it was three to three at USF. I don't care what That's the rating what I'm was. Saying. God damn! I, yeah, yeah, repeat, not UCF, not UCF, South Florida, the green jersey, Shit. the green and gold. Now, Grant Milroy wasn't playing. I don't know what that really says anymore. But man, damn, I. I, okay, I'll go on record. I'm taking Bama Three minus points. two and a half. It's right. not a max bet though. No max here. No max. But I will take Bama to win minus two and a half. And get that two and a half too, because the Bama's kick. I could see a field goal win. And it, like you said, yeah, yeah, yeah. the series has always been close for the last hand. Well, pretty much last ever since Menzel was there and beat him that one time. Yeah, the, 
this should be a close one. So if you if your gut tells you either way, go bet it now before that point spread goes to three. Well, I suppose if you want Aggies, you probably won't mind the three. But yeah, so I'll take Bama minus two and a half to win. I'm with you. I'm with you. I think Bama's going to do it. I'm just I got to see it to believe it in A and M. But uh, it's an interesting spot because all of a sudden, you know, if Bama lost a conference game, then you're like, oh, hold on now, oh, hold on now. Let's not run Jimbo out of town just yet. Uh, but uh-huh. we'll see. Uh, a bounce back game if Daniels can play Central Florida and Kansas just on the hardcore level. That might be a fun one. First to, to 80, that over under 80 or something like that. First to 40. Um, Rutgers plus 14, Wisconsin. I don't know. I, I kind of like that. I kind of, I'm, I'm eyeballing that Rutgers plus 14. Um, like you were mentioning about Wyoming, Fresno State, solid club. In the last five, ten years, they've had a bunch of good teams. But five and a half, plus five and a half, if you can bite the shit, if you can bite seven and a half or it goes up, I'm thinking about it, it's going to go up. If it gets to six, six and a half, I may even push it to seven and a half and feel comfortable. I like that plus number. And then a little bit of the plus number of Washington State. Um, as I talked about. Any other items before we should probably get to this crafty, crappy pick of the week? Because we're at a, a, an hour, nine minutes. Um, the only other thing I would say, if, if you're a gambling person, check out, if you have a gut feeling for Baylor, Texas Tech, I know both have been kind of underperforming, that's a pick em. That So that's one of the spreads where, dude, if, if, you, if, if you have a feeling that you're, you know your side on that one, that that one's intriguing. I feel A and M's pretty much underperformed the whole year, but uh, that's one of those games where, dude, Vegas is giving you a nice piece of pie if you can find out who you want. Like an even spread of college football game. Like, and then my other pick is um, teased. Find a team to bet K State with. Do a teaser. So that's where you bet two teams and both do minus six. But put K State in a tease. K State's twelve and a half favorite against Oklahoma State. They are a superior. Football team, though, Oklahoma State's a bad football team. So tease Kansas State down to six and with someone else and win some money. Oh, shit. Okay, here we go, Chris. Tease K-State, tease Missouri. That gives Missouri, like, plus 13 sure. against LSU, and K-State has to win just by a touchdown or less. So teaser of K-State that, and Mizzou. Good, yeah. I, I I like that one a lot because, you know, that Missouri line, something's fishy about that. But, uh, yeah, so – by the way, real quick. Go ahead. Real quick. Um, the oldest trophy game, like I said, the oldest one. You can have your length. That's not the longest one anymore. It used to be one of them for FBS. It's the oldest trophy game in the FBS, the Little Brown Jug, 1903. And the shit came down to Michigan not trusting if the water was okay in the brown jugs that they used to put on the sidelines and the whole team would drink out of the jug, they thought the Gophers, who by the, by, in 1903 didn't need all that cheating. Um, but that's where it all started. Um, but that's it. Otherwise, uh, you know, I'm not, I don't think my Gophers are going to win. I just wanted to say that. That was like my, uh, Oklahoma friend told me this weekend that, uh, apparently Oklahoma State claimed to have won a college football championship. During the World War II, uh, period. <laughs> so it's one of those like possible times, but Oklahoma State's one claim to fame is they won a national title. But yeah, didn't they World shut War- down like baseball because a bunch of people had to go and fight the war? And they're like, Dude. yeah, we're going to count that. 
So I get, I'll do some research on it for our next show next week, but Oklahoma State claims to have won a national title, but it was during the World War II year. So does it really count if you win a, a national title in college football when our country's at war? I will invest, I will do some crime scene investigation for this Oklahoma State World War II championship. So with a little comedy there that ties in beautifully to the crafty craft pick of the week, we are three and two, which means you're making money. As you've done for pretty much the past seven years, no lie. So this week, six o'clock game, ESPN Plus, MM Roberts Stadium, Hattiesburg, Mississippi. There's some talk that Brett Favre and his Wranglers might be at this game. I'm not sure. Old Dominion. Sponsorship. <clears throat> Old Dominion. Or a massage. Old Dominion plays Southern Miss. These teams are both trash, which my co-host will get to when he looks at a common opponent, or I should say, who they've played this year. They've played some bad teams, and they've been beat by these bad teams. Southern Miss is minus one and a half, so the Brett Favre regular jeans Golden Eagles of Southern Miss are minus one and a half against Old Dominion, who, again, has played some pure trash, over under 55, and you get in the door for 10 bucks. Take it away, my friend, in what should be a hell of a game. Yeah, this is a hell of a game. Um, I got a message uh, the other day saying it was going to be, I can't remember the other game. It said New, uh, Northern Illinois game. I think it had something to do with that. I forgot to mention that. Oh, okay. Um, but I wanted to keep it fresh, so must have been a different crafty, crappy pick of the week. Um, but, yeah, this is this is a bad one. This is a bad one. Now, Old Dominion. It's funny because, you know, Mississippi, South Mississippi, Southern Mississippi, right? Um, they definitely played the better team in Florida State and even Texas Tech at Tulane, right? They definitely played that. Now, on the other side, like you said, Wake is not what they normally are. Uh, Marshall even last year was better. Vatek, no. Even our Raging Cajuns aren't as good as they – they beat them, and they're not as good as they normally are. Um, so right off the bat, it feels like, well, once you've played and competed, like with Texas Tech and, and Tulane, they didn't really compete with Florida State. I kind of I go that route, uh, just to be honest, but you can, it's kind of a balance this time a little bit because they've actually gotten – wins over somebody, at least, Old Dominion, that we know of. Uh, and they had, like, you know, a tight game against Marshall. So this is actually very competitive. And they both rushed the ball for 150 yards and above, which is pretty impressive for these type of matchups, um, as bad it is, as it is. Now they're both, you know, getting killed on the run, but especially Mississippi, I mean, almost 200 yards a game. This one's tough. What did you say the spread was? Over under 50? Southern Miss is minus one and a half. I just, Chris, I can't look past that Old Dominion beat the Texas A&M Commerce Lions by 9 to 10. Jesus. I mean, <laughs> if you think going against Texas A&M Commerce Lions, I mean, yeah, that is that's really bad. I, I didn't even see that, actually. Yeah, that is really bad. Like, who in the fuck? is bad, so they count like, what? where are they at? They, they haven't even they're won in the Southland. South yeah, they haven't even won, they're 
0-3 in the Southland. So, man, and it took – they had to grind that one out. That was only two weeks ago. So, this one is tough, dude. This is damn near pick em. Um, Man, yeah, I am going to go with the home team with the slight favorite just because of, you know, when you take Tulane 21-3, to I mentioned the Texas Tech. They got straight offense. They at least hung with them in a shootout. You know, I don't know, man. I mean, and, and they played by far the better team in Florida State, even though they got their ass kicked. So I'm going with the Golden Eagles of Southern Miss. I don't want my money going to any kind of facility or anything like that on campus, okay? That's for damn sure. Uh, and still at the M.M. Roberts Stadium, tickets low as 10 bucks. I mean – I don't know. Yeah, I'm going. I'm going uh, Southern Miss. Okay. For the famous alumni battle, this one's a little bit weak. Last week's alumni battle was insane. At Edgar Allan Poe, like holy shit. Uh, the only person I recognize of like the first thirty people listed from the famous Old Dominion alumni, not counting the country band, is Kent Bazemore, who is an NBA player. He's played on a couple teams I support and love. That is the only name I recognize, no lie. For Southern Miss, famous alumni, you got Clarence Weatherspoon, who's an NBA player. Obviously, Brett Favre, the one and only. Uh, and after that, uh, I don't recognize any other people at all either. So, damn, this is probably the worst alumni battle I've ever had in my since I've started this bit four years ago. Uh, but, That's a rough one. Uh, but Frank Gore, who was one of the best running backs of all time, his son plays for Southern Miss. His son's actually pretty bad running back. So I'm going to be the on the Frank Gore camp along with Brett Favre and Witherspoon and join my co-host in the Southern Miss Golden Eagles to take care of business. We're on the same squad. Let's make it four and two. Uh, the, the the boys will be out tonight. Hopefully Frank Gore Jr. does his thing because that when that guy was healthy last year, he's actually kind of a stud. So I'll take a stud running back with a team minus one and a half. And on that note, I'll be back next week. I will have some type of story on God knows how my Alabama bet went. And if the Gophers <laughs> beat Michigan, we will start the show off next week with the Gopher freaking fight song. We'll be spelling out Minnesota as many times as we can count. It's so, going to go for 30 minutes. So. It, it, be you'd be ready, be ready to enjoy that shit. All right, on that note, thanks as always for listening. We appreciate and love your support. It's a great week, great month of sports. October, November are two of the best months of the year. So we hope you enjoy them. Listen to our podcast and have a lot of fun. The boys are out tonight. Peace. Temple University is ranked among the top 50 public universities in the U.S. Through hands-on learning opportunities and world-class faculty, Temple students are prepared to soar in their careers. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. visit With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.